Welcome back to the Nomi Podcast. Welcome, Nomi listeners, to another enlightening episode of the Nomi Podcast, where we embark on journeys of self-discovery and self-awareness. I'm Cynthia, a licensed mental health counselor, and joining me today, as always, is my lovely and insightful daughter and talented co-host, Madeline, a trained coach. How are you today, Madeline? I'm doing great, Mom. I'm super excited about today's episode as we dive into some really fascinating topics. As we all know, life is full of uncertainties and ambiguities, and today we're going to explore how curiosity can be an incredibly powerful tool in navigating life's curveballs. We'll also explore how embracing curiosity can bring more creativity into our lives and open us up to new opportunities and how it can help us shift from a survival mindset to a thriving mindset. So if you're ready to awaken your inner explorer and discover new ways to embrace uncertainty and ambiguity, this is the perfect episode for you. So join us on this exciting journey of self-discovery as we delve into the wonderful world of curiosity and creativity. Let's go. I am very curious about something, Mom. You are. Tell me more. I am curious if you are seeing a pattern with your clients that I'm starting to see with a whole bunch of different conversations that I'm having, which is that so many people in my life who are creative and curious and joyful and usually quite opportunistic have started to shy away from their dreams and shy away from the possibilities and the big things we used to talk about them wanting to do with their lives and settled into the safe. And I'm hearing it a lot with my clients as well. And it's starting to cause a little bit of a stir and a rumbling because as we're in this shift energetically into spring, which comes with newness and blooming, some of these hopes and dreams are bubbling up again, but they're feeling so fearful to step out of this, I don't want to call it a rut, but this really consistent, safe thing that they're doing and actually take exactly the autopilot. Mm -hmm. That's a great Mm -hmm. way of phrasing it. Mm-hmm. So they're so, so fearful of stepping out of the autopilot because even though they might have some confidence that the other thing could be better, this is safer. So are mm-hmm. you seeing this as well? Oh, absolutely. I, I really saw it ramp up to extraordinary degrees when COVID hit because in our modern times, uncertainty, of course, is less about survival. But when COVID hit, that kind of threw that concept on its head and people were now we're talking about survival, aren't we? And so it brought them back into their innate way of being, which was fight, flight, freeze, which is just something that we're hardwired. And then we fixate on the negative because it brings in that hyper focus on we might not survive. We might not survive. Uncertainty, right? It's something that we really need to be aware of that it can be really easy to kind of go back into those let's call them primitive survival skills when they're not really necessary. And it really limits us, doesn't it? When we're living in a state of fear day in and day out, there's no room for dreams. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. And I'm so tired of hearing about COVID. Every time someone talks about COVID, I don't want to talk about the pandemic anymore. But it's so important to in this context, because you're absolutely right. There's so many residual effects of how we lived our lives just to get by for essentially three years. And we have to reconcile with the impact that's had on our ability to dream, on our ability to take risks. We've lost a sense of of awe 
and hope Mm. and curiosity about opportunities. And instead, I see that we've replaced what used to be an open excitement about what could be with a careful and cautious fear about all of the risks, all of the challenges. We've essentially created this barricade in our lives of Mm -hmm. rather than trying to open all my doors and windows to let every possibility through, I'm trying to board them up just in case something else is coming. And only now with a lot of my clients, are they starting to peek back out in this spring energy? Because it was three years ago that a lot of lockdown started. And they're just like, what if I took down one board from my window? What if Mm -hmm. I took down one lock from my door? Mm -hmm. Because I'm seeing people start to reach toward curiosity again. So I thought, One of the things we could explore a little bit together today is this idea of, okay, this is awesome that people Mm -hmm. are starting to shift back toward curiosity. So how can we really supercharge how we deal with ambiguity and uncertainty so that we can really take those boards down and start to open up our lives to opportunity and possibility again? We did really a really great job. So we need to celebrate that. We did a really great job of not completely falling into the negative, right? And letting it consume us and having that be our mantra is that why bother? Everything's going to be terrible. There's Mm -hmm. no space for dreams. This is why we do survive is because really no matter what, there's always a little spark of hope inside of us. Sometimes it's really hard to access. Sometimes it really is a little flicker rather than a raging inferno, so to speak. But we can cultivate it. When we see that little bud sprouting from the earth after maybe a long winter, we can have that glimmer of hope. And it, it basically stems around dreaming, getting in contact with our inner wisdom of how am I going to cultivate this little bud? How am I going to protect it? How am I going to help it grow? How am I going to help it not only survive, but how about thrive? I think the key to having a life that is rewarding, a life that is abundant, is going from survival. Like I said, we do that naturally. But the other thing we do naturally is thrive. If we give ourselves the opportunity to move survive over to the passenger seat. It's true. And what I love also that's coming up in the way we're talking about our metaphors with the little bud and the one board coming off and this concept of moving to thriving is that we're using tiny terms, right? Mm -hmm. When we talk about going from survive to thrive, a lot of people have this image in their mind of throwing the doors open, Mm. completely overhauling your life, like night and day waking up and being like, I'm passionate and energetic now and all of my worries are just gone. And it's like an on-off switch. But in reality, it's not like that. It's about the small incremental tiny movements that we take, that 1% every single day. I believe Atomic Habits is a great book for this framework, right? Mm-hmm. Where we take the energy that we get from that 1% shift and that helps us to do the next thing, which creates a 2% shift, which helps us do the next thing. And so when we talk about these tiny shifts, one of the most important skills is curiosity. Mm. And I was listening to this beautiful podcast. There's a recording as Oprah's podcast, Super Soul. And Elizabeth Gilbert, who if you haven't read some of her books, I mean, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She wrote Big Magic. She's written a whole bunch of really wonderful fiction as well. And she was on the podcast talking about how she used to preach passion a lot. 
And then she got some feedback from a listener who said, mm. basically, I feel like the worst I've ever felt in my life after your talk about passion, because I don't have one. And don't mm -hmm. you think I would have known about it by now if I did? Mm -hmm. And I feel like something's wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. And so she started to shift her conversation away from passion and more toward curiosity. And I loved hearing her talk because the way she spoke about curiosity made me think of it as a gentle skill. Meaning that she talks about how curiosity only requires you to turn your head a quarter of the way toward the thing that you want to learn more about. This is great for survival to thrive because if every fiber in your being is telling you to play it safe and you mm. know in your rational mind that you really want to move toward passion, toward purpose, toward a greater, more thriving life, it's not going to be the on-off switch. But curiosity can help you to just see that, as you put it, that glimmer of hope, that glimmer of light, and just say, ooh, what's that? And when we're caught up in the negativity or the challenging emotions or that headspace of not enough, it's not about that overnight overhaul. It's mm -hmm. just about that tiny shift, that tiny permission you give yourself to just be curious and just be open in a very gentle way that just nudges us further and further from the survival mindset until mm -hmm. suddenly we realize we are in thriving. The other thing that comes to mind when you're talking about this concept of passion, the word doing comes, right? Find your passion so you can do the doing thing. Where you and I are firm believers that it's about the being first, not the doing, but we're so conditioned that I got to find this doing activity that's going to bring me this huge passion where if we break it down into the being again, no, it can be just a combination of a whole bunch of things like curiosity, creativity, caring, and perseverance. So I love this concept of moving away from the passions. I talk to a lot of my young clients and especially ones that are like, say, transitioning out of high school into to college or just an independent life and away from their parents' home in one way or another. And that's our biggest hang up is I'm not passionate about anything. So I'm going to be a failure at this thing called life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, Okay, that really sounds like it stinks. So let's move away from this lofty, right, big concept and let's get down to something a little more. I hate to use the word manageable, but manageable. Manageable gives us confidence, doesn't it? Yeah, and confidence is the building of the being states, isn't it? When you talk about how passion and doing are associated with each other, I think that the being is associated more with the word purpose. The way I like to think about purpose is the accumulation of your purest being states. If you mm -hmm. focus on cultivating who you are and really understanding how you're showing up every day, you can handle almost any of the situations that come your way. And half the time when I'm talking to my clients about their fears and about their hopes, and they're telling me all sorts of different reasons why they can't, they shouldn't, they whatever, they have. They have a hundred mm -hmm. times over. And they're just not acknowledging the per people that they're being every single day because mm -hmm. they're so fixated on the can'ts and shouldn'ts in their mm -hmm. future and the doing of the can'ts and shouldn'ts, I can't mm -hmm. do these things, that I'm like, the person you are, the person you've historically shown up as over and over again, proves you can. Mm -hmm. It might not be that specific doing thing, mm -hmm. but the goal, the outcome you're looking for, the end state, 
-hmm. is absolutely something you can do because Mm -hmm. you've done it before, because you've Mm -hmm. done variations of it time and time and time again. Yeah. Sometimes we are so passionate, right, about moving away from this uncertainty because it makes us feel so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. that we go to an attachment. We go to a judgment of the outcome. And unless it happens this way, then there's no room for anything else. And that is a really slippery slope. I was listening to a wonderful book called Positive Intelligence. And one of the things he was saying that he uses as a technique, when people would come up to him and say, oh my gosh, I just lost my job. My life is probably pretty much over because I needed this job for A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And he says, before we're going to talk about this, I want you to go and I want you to come back with three opportunities that you can come up with that losing your job at this point might award you. And they look at him like he's a crazy person. And they're (laughs) like, yeah, but you don't understand. I just told you that I'm convinced that this is the worst thing. This is the end of the road for me. But they do it because he's not going to talk to them unless they do. And they come back not only with three things, but usually more than three. Once they get that creative, curious juices going, they open themselves up for the possibilities, which is that abundance mindset. We often don't realize how attached we are to a specific Mm. outcome. Expectations Mm -hmm. is the word that comes up. And Anne Lamott has a quote, which is, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. And the resentment Mm. part is that judgment piece that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. right? When we evaluate what should happen, expectation should happen. And when that doesn't happen, all sorts of challenging emotions come with that. A lot of frustration, Mm -hmm. anger, disappointment, et cetera. And what's underneath that is that when we don't acknowledge when we're attached to an outcome, it's because we're not realizing that outcome that we're attached to is a hope. It's a dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's something that we are secretly and often quietly wishing Mm -hmm. would be the case. Why I love this exercise is that not only are you allowing yourself to hope and dream, but you're coming up with tons of hopes and dreams, tons Mm -hmm. of possibilities and opportunities. Oftentimes, it's scarier to hope and dream for one thing than it is for a hundred. Because if you Mm -hmm. have a hundred dreams, Mm-hmm. Any one of them could work out. And the odds are mm-hmm. in your favor that mm-hmm. you're probably going to reach one of a hundred rather than mm-hmm. one of one. Mm-hmm. And uncertainty and ambiguity can be so overwhelming because we often tunnel vision ourselves into one outcome. Hi, Madeline here. And I'm just dropping in to say how grateful we are to be a part of your self-discovery journey. If you've found the tools, resources, and conversations that we've had on the Nomi podcast to be helpful, then we'd love for you to consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find all of our membership options on patreon.com forward slash Nomi. With just the cost of a cup of coffee, you help to support us do what we do best, provide resources to help people feel more supported, and to contribute to a world where mental health matters. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the episode. To me, uncertainty is a superpower. Mm -hmm. Uncertainty allows me, gives me space to look at different opportunities like you were talking about and new options and overlooked solutions because I allow myself to take a step back or pause. When I don't know how a situation or something's going to turn out, like the loss of the job or whatever, I don't get locked into one specific, like you said, 
end result. I can look at my whole life. I can take my wheel of life or my pie of life, right? And mm. all the wedges in it. And I can go, ooh, what of those wedges might get a little extra something? Because now I have the opportunity of more negotiable time and energy. And finally, it allows me to explore and consider and analyze all of these possibilities, opportunities. And actually, they might even produce a better path, something that I wasn't allowing myself because I was focused on the doing. So I think that the goal is to open the door for all of these superpowers as opposed to slamming it shut, locking it several ways based on fear. This is where we have the dose of reality, right? But what if I'm not the person that can fling that door open? What if mm -hmm. my circumstances are challenging? What if I lose my job, my income, my life? There's real risk here. And this is where we always say, don't negotiate with reality. This is one thing that you always say, mom. Do you want to talk, mm -hmm. us, talk to us a little bit more about how we can remain curious without negotiating with reality? Yeah. So my favorite thing is to stay in my lane because that is where I have all the control. My lane, my reality. Byron Katie wrote Loving What Is. She calls it the work. And if you haven't checked it out, it's really something to check out. She says there's three areas of reality, right? She calls it, there's my business, there's your business, and there's God's business. And what she's talking <laughs> about is that we have God's business in her definition is anything that, like nature, right? Is we don't negotiate. If it's a rainy day, which it is today here, if it's a rainy day, I don't wake up going, please stop raining. You've ruined my day. I don't spend a lot of time. I just go solution. Ah, oh, it's raining. I better bring a raincoat and umbrella. We're okay not negotiating for the most part with that reality. But then there is other people, right? Other people or other things. We have sometimes faulty beliefs that if maybe I was more communicative, they would like me or I was more fun. Those other people might invite me over more often or include me in blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. We really get hung up in what other people are doing instead of staying in our lane and just focusing on our states of being. If I want to be more fun, I'm going to be more fun. And it's amazing how I attract other people or other things in my life that are more fun. If I want to be more creative, I first start with what I'm going to do. And the reality is I can be whatever I set my mind to. You had a wonderful quote in our last podcast of our energy goes where our attention goes. Our energy flows where our attention goes. There we go. Our energy flows where our attention goes. And this is really apropos to this staying in our lane and our reality is if our energy is all external, that's where our energy is going to go. But if we take our energy internal and access these parts of us, and then we develop them and they shine brighter. They create this energy that attracts what someone else is going to do or what nature's going to do. That's on them. I'm going to take my resources and focus on what I want to do. And it's about expanding your resources with that curiosity. So mm -hmm. when we talk about being curious without negotiating with reality, what I'm hearing you say is that your lane, you be as curious as you want. You don't mm -hmm. have to drive a car. You could mm -hmm. walk, you could bike, you could unicycle, mm -hmm. you could pogo stick, you can build flower beds around your lane, you can have trees, mm -hmm. to, you can have it completely different at different segments. And it's all about just bringing your abundance of resources and that curiosity about what's possible within your mm -hmm. lane 
mm-hmm. to your lane, right? Mm-hmm. Not worrying about what's going on in someone else's lane, but really using curiosity as a way to make what is yours as mm-hmm. abundant and fulfilling and wonderful as possible. I'm going to tag a quote that you said last time, which is yeah, at yeah. the end, which is that you said at the beginning of your quote, life isn't a problem to be solved. And I think this is what gets wrapped up in curiosity a lot is mm. when we're in a curious mindset, where we talk about curiosity and brainstorming. We think solutions mm-hmm. and going back to the being and doing solutions tend to be the doing, doing right. Mm-hmm. We're going to solve all these problems. But if life's mm-hmm. not a problem to be solved, curiosity mm-hmm. isn't about solutions. Mm-hmm. It's about exploration. It's about yes. openness. Mm-hmm. It's about possibility and opportunity. And that can include a wide breadth of things, including the person you want to show up as every day. So mm-hmm. staying in your lane and being curious without solving the problem of life is about giving ourselves more space to expand into because the more you're curious about what is in the locus of your control, the more you'll actually realize that when you're empowered, quite a bit more creatively can be within your locus Mm -hmm. of control. Mm -hmm. And it's that curiosity within your own lane that just continues to push the boundaries Mm -hmm. of what is possible for you. Mm -hmm. And so you're not negotiating with reality, but you're expanding what that reality can be. And boy, isn't that exciting. Oh, very exciting. And the other thing is there's a way with our mindset, with this curious mindset, Adam Grant calls it the, the scientific mindset, which allows your lane to be never ending. And it's not that you never make a decision or you never have a solution. But if you are like, oh, okay, my destination is two miles up, then sometimes that gets a little sad for me because I'm like, okay, well, now what? And so with the scientific mindset, he says, everything's a hypothesis. And to gather data, you need to be curious. And data either supports your hypothesis or it doesn't support your hypothesis. So there's not good or bad data. There's just data that supports your hypothesis or doesn't support your hypothesis. So you don't have to fall into that trap. And then when you have data that doesn't support your hypothesis, what do you do? You modify your hypothesis. And when you have enough data that does support that hypothesis, then you turn it into maybe an actionable item. That's a pit stop along the way because at the same time, there's probably part of your hypothesis or new data that you'll get when you're at that destination that says, oh, we should move along again because Mm. we just got this new data that now says that there might be a better, not that that was wrong, but just a better. So let's mosey on and see that next vista point along our lane of life. And that's the other thing about when we focus with curiosity on our lane, we can embrace the ands. We don't have to embrace the ors. And this is what I was going to say. Another great tool from positive intelligence and Mm -hmm. improv is the concept of yes and. Mm-hmm, and what right. I think is so great about this concept of not looking at destinations, but rather speaking in language of our lives around checkpoints and milestones and pit stops. There's this sense of progress and there's this possibility of what's next. It's not about what's next as in, oh, what's next? I've reached the mm-hmm. destination. It's the excitement behind, ooh, what could be next for me? Mm-hmm, what might be mm-hmm. next for me? One of the greatest exercises in the world to cultivate curiosity and creativity is introducing and to your language. Mm -hmm. So I do this all the time. Whenever I say but, I try and and replace it with and. And then the more complicated your sentences and the space you have for holding complexity in your life, 
the more space you create for curiosity and creativity. So yes, I'm all about the and. I have it tattooed on my body. We love the and. And there are definitely times where it feels more like an or. But if you really dig and you really explore, there's usually always an and there. She does have it tattooed on her body. It really is something that helps us move away from fear and Mm. helps us lean into, like you said, possibilities and opportunities. And of course, my husband loves it because he's like, it's not about the or, it's about the and. I would like the chocolate cake and the ice cream and the whipped cream. (laughs) And I know this is a joke, but the other thing is that, yeah, because portions matter. It can be Mm -hmm. an and. You can Mm -hmm. fill your bowl with as much as you want. And it can just be a tiny amount. And this kind of brings us full circle to the beginning, right? Which is that when we're cultivating curiosity, when we're trying to move away from the survival mind and into the thriving mind, it's not about overhauling your life overnight. It is only about saying and Mm -hmm. daring to want a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then seeing what's possible in creating just that tiniest 1% adjustment Mm -hmm. that helps you move away from Mm -hmm. what is a very natural survival thing Mm -hmm. and toward, as you said, the other natural side of us, which is thriving. Mm -hmm. So if you simply wake up every morning and ask, what would help me thrive 1% more today? That tiny adjustment will turn into intense returns down the line. And -hmm. that doesn't mean that we don't take a step back now and again or hit pause now and again, Mm -hmm. but it just creates that curious creative space for us to move from survival toward thriving a little bit more, however that looks for us Mm -hmm. every day. And Mm -hmm. you don't have to make a big fuss about any of this. It can Mm -hmm. be something that you do quietly and privately in your life Mm -hmm. until you feel a little bit more courageous or brave to share it. And one of the things that comes to mind, and I'm always saying to my clients, one bite at a time, you get the big cake of life, right? Or you have your garden and you have a whole field of wildflowers. You're going to just look at one flower at a time, pick one flower at a time, right? You might end up with, I don't know, 50 or 60 flowers in your bouquet, but one at a time. One at a time, like you were saying, Eckhart Tolle says, if uncertainty is unacceptable to you, it turns into fear. If it's perfectly acceptable, it turns into increased aliveness, alertness, and creativity. And I think that is the invitation. And it really, truly is an invitation. And we invite you to be curious about anything we've spoken about. And of course, if you're curious to expand on something we've talked about today, or you're curious about something else entirely, we also invite you to visit our website and nomi.coach forward slash podcast and submit a topic because that might be your first practice of curiosity is to just let us know. And you don't even have to use your name, but just let us know what you'd like to hear more about. And we can help to expand on whatever is tickling your mind at this time. So I'm just going to end you with something that I was writing when I was uh, putting my notes together for this podcast. I guess it's the quote. How rare and beautiful this life experience is. How complex and confusing it can be. Luckily, we're not here to figure everything out. We are here to live everything. I love this. I'm also loving that the quotes are becoming Cynthia Garrett originals. <laughs> Although we also had an Anne Lamott and an Eckhart Tolle, so we I think we're did. okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll share the we'll share the wealth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This woman needs to write a book. But for now, she's on a podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you carry some of this with you and that you are able to cultivate more curiosity into your days. As always, we are here as a resource if you need any extra support. 
And until next time, be well. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope our conversation provides some insight and practical ways to navigate and understand you. If you have found our show to be helpful, please pass it along. Madeline and I are hoping you will join us in creating a ripple effect of mental health and well-being. As always, thanks for listening to the Nomi Podcast. This is Cynthia and Madeline asking you to be good to you.